0: coming up on the interstellar audio podcast
1: you know i had um i just had an interesting idea (laughs) yeah we can edit this out if you want but just to get a little bit of a audience participation why don't we try and uh build up a bit of a prompt for bing ai and we'll we'll post the result um up in the uh, up in the video here um so so yeah this is this is this one's for you chat um give us some weird and wonderful prompts i'll put it together um, and then I'll, I'll pop up the result and we can, we can maybe vote on the best one.
0: Yes, yes, people, welcome back to the Interstellar Audio Podcast Episode 6. As last month, I'm joined by Xanti and 12-Step Audio. We're streaming live on TikTok and Twitch. Head over to the TikTok in future episodes to join in with the chat. Glad to see everybody that's around today. Thank you for tuning in. Today, we're going to cover a bunch of topics, including what we've been up to in IA. We're going to talk about the emergence of AI and how we particularly use that. We will talk about what events we've got going on at the moment as well. We're going to cover some interesting news from around the scene, a little bit behind the scenes as well about running uh, an emerging German-based record label. So if that's your vibe, stick around. But before we get into any of that today, just want to pass on some news. At the end of September, uh, the drummer bass scene lost one of its emerging stars, at Chill Collective. Sadly, his life was taken too short at thirty five, thirty six. 36. Um, Josh was from New Zealand, and when I say emerging star, I really mean that Josh had managed to get 35 tracks signed in the second half of 2023, and the music that has been put forward by him has been fantastic. We were lucky enough to host a couple of records uh, on Interstellar Audio, and I know that he's got music on GTA, uh, Tech, Off-Licence Records, and Liz Play as well. And uh, Just on behalf of everybody at Interstellar Audio, all of our crew and our family, we just want to pass on our regards to his friends and family. Big shouts to Roxy, big shouts to Hunter, of our nearly all, uh, all of our positivity that we can muster is a difficult time for you guys right now. And um, when the time is right, Interstellar Audio will will do a project in memory of Josh. Uh, but in the meantime, this episode of the Interstellar Audio podcast is dedicated to Josh's memory. And if you want to support Josh and keep his vision alive, go out stream, buy his music, Spotify, or anywhere else that you want to. Join us and labels like Off License Records and us Play. Uh, we will be donating 100% of all the royalties to uh, whatever cause is nominated by, by Josh's friends and family. So... Yeah, just um, it's a big loss for the scene. Josh was a really nice guy. We're really excited to see what's coming next for him. And uh, we wish all of his friends family well. Uh, It's kind of hard to follow something like that up, but I will do my best. And uh, we will move on today to talk in interstellar audio podcast terms. Just do a quick roll call. Shouting out Moon inside. Big up. Hey, Louise. Rave monkey, welcome along. Hope you guys are all good. Hope life's treating you well at the moment. Steve Rude inside as well. Hope things are good for you, my friend. So yeah, Zanti, man. How's life for you at the moment?
1: Uh, well, life is life is good. Um, I sort of feel like I'm spending less time on the DJ, more time doing all things side related to music. Um, hopefully we got the sound levels all right um, with the music in the background. Um, chat let us know if it's a little bit loud um yeah for me me, the thing that's um taking up a lot of my energy and brain power is um the singing lessons making progress in that to be honest um once a week is actually rolling around really 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 quickly which is good because it's keeping me on my toes but honestly it's uh you know by the time you have a lesson you know it's Learn a few things, go away, decompress, practice, you know, you're right back at it again. So watch the space. Uh, Yeah, I'm excited to see where we can go with it. Good on you, man.
0: We definitely had feedback. People excited about your journey there. A couple of people keen to hear what you come up with and keen to work with you from in the crew. So uh, it's exciting too, Frank. Good. 12-step, buddy, what you been up to, man?
2: Hello, hello. Um... Obviously, absolutely got to echo um, your words on now. Josh from Show Collective. You speak for, for all of us, man. Um, in terms of what I'm doing, um, a little bit more than, than last month. I didn't really have a lot to say last month. Um, obviously, got um, my tune coming on Frontiers that I'm really excited about. First release with uh, IEA. With I've got a tune on Frontiers called No Matter. Um, there's a couple of events as well there that I'm going to be playing at representing IEA. Uh, we'll talk about it a little bit more. Um, later on, uh, Liquid Chill is in the works as well. Uh, we've got—I uh, tell you what—I'll tell you—we've got—we've got Kai movements on the guest mix for this month, um, which I'm really—I'm really excited about. If you haven't heard uh, Kai movements, he's got—he's um, got some wicked, wicked mix series on uh, on YouTube, um, and as soon as I had it, it's right up the Liquid Chill alley. So, I'm really gassed to uh, to have him involved. Um, a couple of super secret projects—I've um, got like my first. I'm working on like my first recorded track in a while um with me doing doing like vocals um not not singing i'll leave that to zante but um but yeah the first like vocal tracks which which i'm excited about um so yeah some good stuff going on man some good stuff going on at the moment exciting times what about yourself man yeah sound man it's good to hear that um just got
0: back from gothenburg in sweden as a couple of days away with my darling wife which was great it was good to connect again left the kids at home but found ourselves again which was great and on the ia side of things man it's been full steam ahead with frontiers we're in the promo and press cycle now which is exciting tried to level up our press game a little bit on this one so hopefully some of those things come up we've had an incredible response so far from uh, from the outlets that we kind of know and we've had some interest from outlets that we don't know as well which is great so hopefully You know, this comes out on the 1st of November, so hopefully within the next week or so, you guys will start to see uh, tunes or clips or premieres and that kind of thing as we roll through to the release on the 17th. Um, So that's been great. And was fortunate enough, last last week, as we report this, last week uh, we announced the artwork. So I'm thrilled to be able to say that we were kindly supported by Moonbeam, and I know you're in the chat, so pick up Moon, thank you, who came through with an absolutely stunning piece of work. It's right on brand for us. Came through with a few pieces of work that are right on brand. was actually and we ended up selecting a piece, which I'll let I'll let Tom give the story as to why we selected that piece because you tell it much better than me.
2: So um, go ahead, man. Why did we pick that piece? Yeah. Um, so well, for um, I think I think for me, I think think for all of us really. When I looked at the piece, um, so you may have noticed if you if you've followed along with the journey since we started in January. The artwork that we've used um has followed a a certain theme up until this point it's always kind of been based around that that image of a circle um with you know kind of imagery inside of that um and what i kind of um what i found when i looked at the the artwork for frontiers was i think it nicely represents the journey up until now with the with the um the reference to the circular format that we've used circular design that we've used up to this point um but there's um there's kind of a person which I always like to imagine is seller in my head staring through the circle um to the um to the new frontier as um as as I see it um so that's kind of that's kind of where I think what I think it represents um and i think it's a, it's a cool it's a cool little backstory so moon's absolutely um absolutely done as a done as a top job on that one so thank you for that moon
0: the the, the frontiers train is is well and truly going and where you described the outlet like that absolutely spoke to me as well so um when when we were sort of talking about it as a three as to which one we were going to select that that reasoning absolutely sings volume so yes that uh, we were able to work with you moon thank you so much for your contributions obviously you know label in a position like us we can't afford to go out and and commission art for every release we do and so uh you know admittedly leveraging the leveraging the fact that this was a charity album coming and asking you for your help gratis and you were kind enough to work with us in that way so huge love and thanks for that one that kind of might be a good segue for us to talk about how
2: we leverage ai <laughs> absolutely absolutely it's the hot topic at the minute isn't it it, it is because i mean i work in um i work in it as well so it's all we're talking about work at the moment as well IT, uh ai ai um so yeah i mean I think that like you said, it's probably a good place for us to start, isn't it? Especially design. Um, we've recently kind of um the graphic designers in the chat will be like swearing at us right now, but we've come across um things, uh yeah with with Dali built in. That, that does some incredible stuff. That does some absolutely incredible stuff. It kind of like kind of passed me by and then um Cell was showing me like all these amazing artworks and I'm like, where the hell have these come from? Like is he suddenly become like a a photoshop expert overnight (laughs) and he's like no 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 check out check out dali and and literally you know you put a prompt in you can be you can be really detailed obviously the more detailed you are with the prompt the better um and it produces some some amazing results so from a perspective of um creating artwork and uh and and visualize it's it's a great um it's a great starting point for us isn't it to then you know kind of get an idea develop an idea um and even give us something we can we can go to um you know graphic designers and that kind of that kind of thing whether it's a great as a great springboard for us I think.
0: So the other thing it does for us not just Dali, but uh, AI in general by using AI it gives us the ability to uh focus any any revenue that we do generate as a label we're we're able to uh make sure that as much of that as possible ends up back with the producers. Um so we'll, we'll talk a bit more about that in detail but if you think about all the things we have to do throughout a release, right, so we've got to do the artwork, obviously, the, the copy, the press release, you know, all the words behind uh, the artist bios and the write-ups or the imagery. You know, you could, should, you could pay, be paying people to do this kind of thing. Um, but the sad reality of that is that then that eats away into the potential sales, uh, the, the royalties that we can then pass back to the artists. And, and to be completely transparent about it, None of our records have sold enough that we would actually be able to fund that. So that would all be at a loss. Um, We've never even generated enough revenue that we'd break even on uh, a release like that. So by using AI kind of sparingly, but also targeted in a targeted way. Um, So, so far what we've done with AI is, uh, you know, between us, I might have a go at doing write-ups for a track or an artist bio or a press release, and then I'll feed it to to an AI like ChatGPT to refine it and turn it into the format it should be to make sure the language is in the right way that it should be so that when it lands on the desk of the people that these things are intended for it kind of fits in with all the other things that they get so it looks professional you know it reads professionally uh, and and the hope is that 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 helps us now if we were a bigger company we'd probably have a copywriter on our books or we'd pay in a consultancy firm to do these kind of things for us but uh, we you know we don't have the money in order to spend that money because we want any revenue that comes in to to go to the artists as much as possible right so yeah and then the reason we talk about Dali specifically you know we were talking about where do we go with the artwork theme so as you referenced Tom we had this circle theme that uh, credit to HK Sage that was his idea uh, at the start of the year when we first started talking about this project and we ran with that for this year but it'd be nice now for 2024 to have a different theme and so we you know leveraging what's out there on Dali trying to come up with this a, a repeatable style that we can kind of have Uh, some level of consistency but also be kind of wild and creative and on brand for next year so just doing some discovery right now whether that leads us to just run straight up ai images as artwork next year or whether it leads us to have a bit of a style pack that we can give to a graphic designer and say this is the kind of i want for next year that's to be determined but my primary goal in that decision making would be not to shortchange artists somebody that probably should be theirs right so
1: you know, I had um, I just had an interesting idea. <laughs> yeah, we can edit this out if you want, but just to get a little bit of a audience participation, won't we try and uh, build up a bit of a prompt for Bing AI? And we'll, we'll post the result um up in the po- uh, up in the video here. Um, so so yeah, this is this is this one's for you, chat. Um, give us some weird and wonderful prompts. I'll put it together. Um, and then I'll I'll pop up the result, and we can we can maybe vote on the best one.
2: Nothing official, just a bit of fun. That's wicked. So um, on the on the audience participation, Moon's coming with a killer question already. I'm almost scared to read it. Um, so that is the question: Does AI take over the art and music world soon? Absolutely. Right. There's no doubt, and we've already seen it be integrated into um, graphic design tools and music production tools. So. I, f- I think it's, to be honest, I think it's more about, it, it is, I mean, the, the thing to remember with AI is, is as well is what we're seeing at the moment, as impressive as it is, it's the start, you know, it's, it's a fairly new technology. Um, but I think, I think it's kind of up to us as, as creators, whether that be music, art, all that kind of thing is, is to look at how we can work with AI, because there's no doubt that, um, AI can, can improve what we're, what we're doing, um, So I think rather than it being a... I envisage it more as rather than a full skill takeover. I mean, from a music point of view, there's already plugins out there now um, for when you mix in music down, mastering music, that kind of thing, um, that will... There's already been plugins created that use AI to um, read your mix, give you you assistance on how to mix your tracks and elements of the tracks, Um, and things like that. I think, yeah, you, you can use that in combination with with your human skills, you know. Um so I always envisage AI rather than a kind of takeover, you know, kind of rise of the machines type thing. I always envisage it as a as a, as another kind of tool in your toolbox if 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 you see what I mean. 100%. And where it's at right now,
0: AI doesn't do anything on its own. So there is some skill in using AI to create whatever it is you need to create. Uh, like You know, graphic designers using Photoshop to kind of fill in the extra field of the the image or um you know things like that. In music, for example, there's a plugin now, I wish I remember the name of it, I'll link it later. Where you can basically drop a sample into this plugin and it will use AI and repetitive sort of attempts, trial and error. To figure out what the synthesizer settings are to recreate that sound, so you can take a wave sample and then you end up with a an actual synthesizer patch uh, to recreate that sound, which is, I mean, that's great. So any th- things like that are definitely helpful, but they still take the kind of creative brain to utilize it in a way um, that that gets the, res- the overall
2: result you want. Yeah, this is it. As opposed to the minute, everything you feed into AI is is helping it helping that. Technology progress and land isn't it? So, if uh, if if the machines do take over, the masters were a downfall. So.
1: Yeah. So, um, give us give us your weird and wonderful thoughts, um, and I'll put them together, and we'll see what we get. Do do we want to get the the ball rolling on it? Like, what is just something weird, something maybe music related, or something something related to the topic, and we can build on it and see what comes out. At least
0: with the way AI is at the moment, it still takes some level of creative input to actually make anything from it and i think there will be agencies out there who sell their services in using ai so that the end user who doesn't necessarily have any any knowledge on how all this works or how capable it is can it will still be a better and more efficient approach for them than commissioning a designer or commissioning something like that if they commission an agency to do the work in two hours that would have previously taken two days of uh, 10 days of effort then there's a market there for that so I think we will see agent creative agencies leverage that very quickly if not if they're not already doing that like you know to
2: be honest I'd be doing that if that was my job right now so and it it goes back to to what we're doing at the moment you know I mean whereas uh, I think previously even even things like copywriting and writing a press release and things like that would have been a very manual effort and you know you probably read these these press releases they're, they're they're long you know especially um with something like um, with frontiers obviously with so many tracks on it so many eyes involved with it. um that that's a that's an effort and i, I think um i know you were saying so you you kind of come up with the idea of putting it into chat gpt but if you you can, you can you can also reverse it as well you can get something from chat gpt as a as a baseline then kind of um refine it from there so um yeah, I think definitely, and even in the way that the we've used it, you can see in the in the business world how that's going to, in the creative world how that's. Um, if it makes you more efficient, uh, then it's um, then it's a good thing, right? So that
0: getting direction, ChatGPT is really powerful, right? So I know that in the at some point in the previous episodes, I've talked about kind of looking to other other labels, other companies that we look up to and seeing what they do, and trying to sort of grow our grow our output in that way. But the, the downfall of that is if you go and speak to like one person or two people then you get there just one or two opinions on what should should something should should look like. Let's take a press release for an example. You get one or two opinions on what press release should contain and how it should be formatted. You go to ChatGPT and ask the same question. What you get is its viewpoint that's based on an aggregation of every single press release that it's, it's seen and been fed, which is basically everything that was on the internet before September, 2021. And then it's kind of analyzed that and and worked out what the answer is. So if you put it to go and ask a room full of people, their advice, and then distill that down to whatever is the best advice for you. Well, basically asking a chat GPT is doing the same thing, right? So, and you can leverage that in so many ways. You can be like, Hey, here's the data from my Instagram insights over the past year, tell me what type of posts, what hashtags, what type, what times, uh, you know, what information, what calls to action has been the best. And then it will give you that data. And then you can say, all right, now that you've worked that out,
2: write me 30 days worth of posts that I should be doing over the next 30 days. This, I saw a tool the other day. I can't remember the name of it. It was you know, specifically for that. And it was so detailed in the way it did it. It will literally write you a full social media strategy. Obviously, charges you for it <laughs> it's like one of these yeah seven day free trial you know but um yeah it's the way the, the way it did it look look it's incredibly impressive incredibly yeah, but you can get that yeah. chat gpt for free right yeah 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 totally i see i think i think what it is with a lot of it is it's it's essentially running on chat gpt's back end it's just got a nice front end on it and that's that's what sells isn't it you know
0: and also, it knows what questions to ask you so that it puts the right thing into ChatGPT. And that's that missing piece that I was talking about, right? You've got to know how to use that tool to get anything valuable back from it. Yeah, uh, totally,
2: man. Totally.
0: Moon's dropped purple Triffids into the chat, which I think would be a good...
1: I was I was just wondering, what, what, what is a Triffid?
0: It's an AI AI generation, generator there. Dystopian right. futuristic, yeah. Dude, this is where we're going, man. yeah.
1: Oh yes, yes, yes. Um, all right, that's why I keep looking off to the the side here, is because I'm just keeping an eye on on that and building these up. So what I've got so far: I've got middle aged DJ and a wine cellar. Got. On, um, uh I'll, Hold on, I'll. I'll <laughs> oh, you're ready. Right them all first, and then I'll generate them. But I have generated this one. I've generated Kraken DMB Happy Birthday. It's oh, produced okay. something really sick. So. Um, just wait for that one. I got Kiwi singing over some filthy drum and bass music. Not sure what's <laughs> gonna happen on that one. Uh all right, dystopian futuristic. I think A GPT can produce presets for serum. That's dope. I had no idea who could do really? that.
2: <laughs> really? I'll tell you what is interesting um as well on that front, because you can um i I already found this out not too long ago but you can actually take an image and drop it into Serum and it'll create a wavetable out of the image so <laughs> that's going to be my next exploration get on Dali get an image then drop it into Serum then get a wavetable I get a preset from it hang on so you're going
0: to do like reverse production you're going to start with the artwork and then put the artwork into Serum and
2: then write right <laughs> <literally>, the <laughs> yeah yeah Here's the artwork. What's the track? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, kind of like this is the que- this is the question. What is the answer?
0: <laughs> Honestly, the possibilities are limitless because you know there's so many things that we're seeing right now. So, um, what else have I used? I've used Piber, which is an audio to video tool. So you feed it a track, you give it some parameters, you give it a prompt, and then it basically creates like a starting image, and then uses that image to generate as the prompt for every subsequent frame of the video. Um, and you'll see these these, these things. How I used them as the music videos for the Frontiers EP on YouTube coming up pretty soon, and the results are pretty bad. But you know that's like Generation One, like you were saying. So when it gets that when it gets to the point of being able to just text a video and basically create whatever music videos you want, that's going to be pretty powerful for us too. Because a music video production is thousands of pounds type situation
2: that. No, mate, I mean, it's it's sort of these, isn't it? I think, um, especially when you talk about a project like Frontiers, which is obviously um, for Ukrainian Red Cross, a project like that couldn't happen, or, or couldn't happen maybe on the scale that, that, that we've, we've done it without tools like AI and, and, and things like DALI and, um, and then the video creation tools. It It, it couldn't be... Done to the standard that, that we've done. I mean, I, I think it's done to a pretty good standard. I think we've, we've, you know, we've all put a lot of work into it. Probably you more than than any of us else, to be honest. Um, but it's we, we couldn't get it to that standard without having these tools like AI. Because again, it goes back to that question of you know, none of us are sitting on a pile of cash you know, so. And I think it's key. It's super important that we try and balance
0: its use, right? So, you know, from the start, I was really keen to use proper art and really thankful that Moon was up for working with us on that but then we've got to use things like this in balance you know we try to do as much as we can in-house between us and our skills and the, the skills that are in our sort of like family of people that work with us but where we're not experts or where we need to leverage outside strengths you know if we can do that for free then we should do that for free and if if the way to do that for free is by using AI then okay well that's how we're going to have a go um so you know, trying to balance the human input and, and the
2: generative AI input is—I think the cracker's probably put it pretty well there. Um, it, if it gets to a point where it's actually hindering productivity and creativity, then yeah, that's probably the point that has gone too far. And I think you could, you've got to draw that distinction, haven't you? I guess. I'd like, i like—I think—if we were too reliant on it, then then yeah, we'd we'd, we'd kind of. We kind of be running out of our own ideas, you know. What I mean, it's um, yeah. So I think I think the upshot of, of this discussion is yeah, collaborate rather than um, rather than rely on. I guess everything in, in a balance, right? Are we
1: are, are we are we keen to see some results? Definitely. of course. Um, I'm not actually sure the best way to share this, so I'm just going to use Riverside's share screen, which may be a little bit hacky, um, but we'll see what it looks like. Eh? Uh, so just peer with me. Uh, I need to. I need to do things. So the,
0: the kind of the thing about AI, right? I touched on. I touched on the fact that part of the reason why we use it is to keep the costs, the running costs of the label, as low as possible. Primarily because we want to be able to pay the artists as much as we can, and also secondarily because we don't have the money. But to so just touch on that point for a minute, um, and this is the point where I say outlandish things and I get us cancelled. So hold tight. There's your hook for the video title. Um, so essentially just a a commentary on how producers get paid in the the bottom echelons of the drum and bass scene right now. And I'm going to preface this. I'm going to say, I'm sure it's completely different at the top. I'm sure it's completely different in the middle, but where we are and where other labels like us are, there is definitely a culture of. Every single person in the industry gets paid before the producer gets paid. Um, And to give some examples of that, the mastering engineers get paid, the artists get paid, the press outlets get paid. I mean, fucking hell, £600 for an Instagram post on certain uh, music magazine Instagram. Um, And, you know, the way the contracts are written for these producers is... 50-50 50-50 split of royalties of whatever's left after all of the costs have gone so you know that's that's nothing a lot of the time where we're at whether it's really nothing or not i don't know but if from a producer's point of view a lot of the time it's nothing
2: i'll i'll i'll, e- I'll even kind of point into that and say if there's even a contract because i have i've been through naming no names at all but i've put tracks out that there is no contract involved whatsoever so i'm just going in totally blind um which just seems crazy just seems crazy where where else in what other line of business would you would you would you make a deal with no contract it just seems so alien to me and you get no figures back like no information about it back you you know how many streams how many plays how many buys nothing i've got tracks out there that I, i i don't know what's happened with them <laughs> yeah <laughs> they, they could they could have gone platinum for all i know <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly
0: and, and like i'll be honest right that's that's bullshit it shouldn't be that way so every single one of those people that i mentioned that gets paid including the labels i should have mentioned the labels every one of those people that gets paid they wouldn't have a job or anything to get paid or anything to work on if the producers were not producing the art in the first place which makes it completely ass about face that everybody would get paid apart from the person who's responsible for all these people having a job. It's just a joke, um, and like not to say this to be like high oh, and mighty or whatever, but that just doesn't sit with me. So we're, the way we've always, just from the start, it, no matter how small that amount of money is, it's going to go to the artist. We're going to have we're going to have a contract of every commercial release we've got. It's going to be 50-50, 50-50. And we're going to actively try and keep those running costs down so that there is something to give to the artists. And then what's actually happened, and this maybe won't happen forever, but what's happened for now is the label hasn't recovered its own, those costs from its 50%. Everything that's come back to the to the label has been split evenly and the 50% has been sent to the artists, regardless of whether the label has recovered its costs first or not. And like my goal is that that would continue until such time that we can Pay advances to producers when we do sign records and make a different deal, you know, a deal that's like, okay, we'll give you X amount of money to go and make this music. And then after all the costs are recovered, we'll give you anything, we'll give you 50% of everything that's left after that. So, kind of like, you know, still the label's the one taking on the risk. I think that that should be the way it is. The label should be taken on this, so that artists can self release. Uh, there's no reason really for a label, for an artist to come to a label other than to help with promotion or leverage networks sort of kind of pick up on those those extra skills that maybe artists don't, don't really have an interest in. Like, I don't want to be on social media all the time. I don't want to be reaching out to fresh outlets. I don't want to be dealing with that shit. So that's why they come to a label to do that for them and they're willing to give away 50% for that. But that then shouldn't give back, like, oh yeah, cheers for the tune, mate. See so you never, you know, no information about how many streams it's had how
1: many buys it's all right, are we are we ready for the image reveal? Yes. Oh god! All right. go I'm not. I'm not sure how well this is going to work on my computer, but let's just give it a go. All right, screen window. You get a little bit of a taste along the side here. So share. Um. Okay. Never mind. <laughs> um, <laughs> permissions again. It's um. It's Mac OS and its permissions. You have to restart the browser. Oh man. Just okay. I, I'll do um, it. I'll, I'll throw it onto the um, the TikTok one, and we can we can edit it onto the.
0: Do a couple of couple of bits from the chat here. Big up, bye. It'd be good, man. I'll see you inside the chat. If life is good, And Kraken says. Kraken said something really nice that I like that I wanted to read. It said, money is for the war, art is for the love. Which I mean, you know, based on where we're at in the world right now, based on where what IA is putting a fuckload of effort into. Amen, brother. Absolutely amen. He said, I won't be paid. I want the same sweatshirt of
2: Seller. All right, man. I'll pay you in one of these sweatshirts. I've been, I've been backing up that tree for a long time, Kraken. <laughs> yeah. I see EMCD inside as well. Pick up, bro. I think it, I think it kind of speaks to, um, Because it's, do you know what, it's the same, it's it's no different in the DJ world really, is it? You know, Um, I've always kind of looked at it in the same way of like, okay, so, you know, you you go play a night um, and there's a lot of the time the DJ will get paid a negligible amount or won't get paid at all. Um, So, and I always kind of think of that as weird. It's like, okay, so the bar manager's getting paid, I mean, imagine you say to somebody, okay, yeah, you want to come work a shift behind the bar? Yeah, sure how much are you going to pay me? Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to pay you, but it'll be great exposure for like the next bar down the road. You know I mean? It just, it just wouldn't happen. You just sell to fuck off. Yeah. i <laughs> so just like, I'd never understand how it, how it is different in the, in the DJ world. And I think it kind of speaks to, um, how the creative arts are maybe undervalued. And they're always kind of looked at as not a career as, as or, or not a viable career, you know, yeah, go get a real job that kind of mentality yeah yeah exactly I mean you saw a little bit of it during the during the COVID but I think I might have spoke about this last time actually but you saw a little bit of it in the COVID pandemic didn't you you know all the posters of Rishi's a ballerina but you're retraining as a <laughs> <ton>. <laughs> yeah, yeah um, I don't I think it's sad in a way because the, there was something like, I mean you look at the, the contribution from the creative arts to the economy you know it's 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 billions man and, it, and it's, it's not and it, it's it, the, what it contributes to the to, to the economy in the country. It's it just gets swept under the carpet, I think, and it's sad. It really is sad, man.
1: Can I can I add a um, add a counterpoint to the mm-hmm. not paying the DJ that I've seen, uh, which I can understand. So, you know, you got doorman, you got people in the bar, you've got you know people making stuff happen and they're being paid, but being the DJ is kind of the fun one. You know, like, you're up there having fun with it, you know, and maybe it's a bit of a promotion for, for you. Mm. Um, so you can kind of see why, um, you know, it's likely the last person to be paid in a set-up like that because ultimately it's just you're getting up, you're doing the fun job. I mean, yes, if you're trying to make a career out of it, you're basically screwed. You know, you're trying to actually pay the bills by doing it, but if it's just the odd time you pop on the decks and get to play some tunes, like... Um, you know that's that's a lot more enjoyable than you know working hard behind the bar kind of thing.
0: I think I subscribe to what you're saying there, and I think that there's for me at least in how we approach events on IA, there's like a, a there's definitely a definitive line. So like we've never been in a position to pay DJs that have played at our events, and that's that's a shame. We would like to. We've never made any money off our events, um, but where the fine line is, I think if you book a headliner and you book a DJ that you're gonna pay. Then everybody who plays should get paid. So it's either yeah. all or none, right? So our events have been nobody's getting paid, and we've approached everybody to say we're putting on an event. It's not a financial thing. There's an opportunity for you if you'd like to come and play and be part of the party. We'd be gassed to have you. It's not a financial thing. But if we turned around and then said, "Oh yeah, but we spend 500 quid on X headliner to come in to sell tickets so that we could put some money in our back pocket," then that's some bullshit. So. For, for me, I think with our events, it's like a, everybody's getting paid or nobody's getting paid kind of situation. For now, maybe I uh, will get cancelled in five years for being a hypocrite and having done something different, but at the moment, that's how our outlook is and we're sort of staying true to that.
1: Alright, so the images are only going to come up on TikTok, um, but uh, I'll send them to you later. Anyway, let's right, give it a yeah, All right. It's going to take over the entire um, TikTok output. Um, Pray for the windows. There we go. Oh, make it check it All right, it's it's over the top of us, but the holy you know, yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> that is amazing. We should have sent this. This as a birthday
1: card for my man. What is that one the fourth? There we go. One? That's, That's the one. Yeah, the bottom right. What <laughs> yeah. nice. bottom right is oh, is oh, chaos. Big up the uh, and DB mate. It's, all right, let's let's keep going. So that was happy, uh, Crick and DMV, happy birthday. That
0: was that's one. your birthday, Carl. All right, but happy birthday from all of us at IA. Big up,
1: big up. And you can <laughs> probably guess which uh, prompt this. One. <laughs> 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 yes,
2: yeah. So, can
0: I just give the backstory to why this is funny? Because it's a bit of an inside joke. So, the the whole interstellar audio thing used to be cellar selection, which was me hiding in the wine cellar at work when. Weddings were playing Bon Jovi for the 75th time and I'd hide in the wine cellar and play drum and bass and say, uh, this speaks volumes to me and I would absolutely be using that as my profile picture if I was still going under, under the brand.
1: This was um, Kiwi singing over filthy German bass. <laughs> Do you know what?
2: I, I, I love how AI has just not quite managed to get decks right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> just never seems to get them right does it
1: <laughs> it always it always messes with the text as well like pioneer becomes Buh Buh Buh. <laughs> uh the next one this was uh moon's prompt here sick oh whoa well that's
2: sick. man that's so cool towards that purple Triffits. Yeah. Well, um, now I know what a purple trip for this one.
1: Yeah, uh, futuristic dystop- uh, dystopian futurist. Oh, right. Okay. Yeah, I d- I love those. Um, you'll probably see it a bit with um, my personal branding or uh, Xanti well, branding is a lot of blues, pinks, purple. Um, you know that
0: vapor wave in it. What it's mm. called? Love it.
1: I try to try to lean in a little bit to. You know the the things that have led me to be who I am, which involves being an IT guy, being computer hacker, um, and so I really like to to lean into that sort of um, that sort of futuristic, dystopian, cybery vibe, which is why you know. All right, I'm going to try and um, so I'm going to remove the images. Hopefully, um, on the screen. There we go. Bring us back.
2: Um, three, two, one. Back in the room. <laughs> I put my phone down. I was just too busy.
0: Have we got anything else to say about the financial
2: state of play? Um, yeah, I mean, only, only, I guess uh, um, to counter the counterpoint, I suppose. Um, I think it's it's almost been kind of conditioned into because of the way that we maybe as a as a side. I don't think it's just in the UK. I think it's it's all around the world really that we kind of. Because of the way that we do value the creative arts, I guess it's kind of almost been made it's acceptable to, to and, and people will go, yeah, I'll, yeah, I'll play for a year for for the exposure, you, you know what I mean? Um, but yeah, it's totally different. I think if it's an event, you know, and it's and it's upfront, okay, we can't pay you, and this is why we can't pay you. Um, but yeah, if it's if it's a club or promoter approaching you, yeah, because I've had that situation before. Uh, okay do you want to play my event yeah sure how much are you paying me oh, I'm not <laughs> or like oh uh, we'll see how the night does and it's like yeah I need something more cast iron mate you know what I mean um, especially if it involves you know a bit of travelling stuff like that cost you know expenditure that kind of thing um, so yeah I'm just I'm, I'm always a little bit dubious of kind of making that yeah I'll play for exposure or I'll, I'll I, I, it's the fun mm. part for, uh, I'm almost a little bit dubious of, of kind of making that my mind state you know what I mean I'm always quite willing to like help as well so
0: yeah okay if I come play 45 minutes how much you really think that's worth fair enough but like I'll come look some shit about for you or you know, help you with the sound or whatever like that I'll help my travel costs you know I'll stick around for 3-4 hours so you can come with with travel costs subscribe then alright I'd go. Cool, like that's okay but um, yeah, obviously sometimes it's worth it for the sort of uh, like networking, and then other times it's worth it because the crew that the, the, the promoter that is putting it on, is your crew, or whatever, and you sort of like working into it together towards like progression. So that, I think there's a few different ways to approach it based on like the specifics of each event. But sure, the big boys at the top of the game they play in unless
2: they're getting paid, apart from when they're playing for their mates, which is kind of the same as what we're talking. I'd say what is is uh, is interesting. Though, another kind of point. Um, that I was, I was looking at some some of the bigger events. Um, again, not really mentioning any names, but I was kind of digging into to some of the events, and I noticed that a lot of the time on on some of the kind of biggest brands in the city, you will see the same artists on the same kind of lineup in a bit of a different order. And it got me thinking. I'm sure you must be looking at bulk deals for for, for events like that. I'm guessing. I'm guessing there's some sort of bulk terms there, you know, to kind of reduce the the fees, maybe. Yeah, and it also helps when like they all they're all with the same agency that you you happen to own as well, right? It, you kind of dig into the background, and then you kind of realize, all oh, right, okay, so there's what, so there's uh, there's five directors. All oh, right, that director owns a talent agency. uh oh, that director just happens to own the club where they do all the events. Ah, oh, right, OK, that director earns the label that all the artists signed to, you know what I mean? And you realise that at that level, it's all kind of, not kickbacks as such, but it's all kind of, it's all interlinked, and it's, it's just, it's crazy that when, when you look at that kind of level, the, the, the level of profit and how it's all kind of filtered back basically through the same hands. Is, is is it's quite genius in a bit. To be honest, he's business, you know. I would, are would fully, I'd fully be doing the same thing.
1: We oh totally, i totally. Hey, do you um do you think now might be a nice time to to um play Amber Ryan's video around? Um, seems on on topic. Uh, what I'm That's gonna cool. lead into that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. perfect It felt like a perfect segue. It's a it's kind of long video, so apologies. Um. But Amber Ryan uh, pops up on TikTok all the time talking about um, kind of using the community to discover new artists and uplift them as a label. And she has some interesting insights around um, the music industry. So let's give it a play.
3: No, this hot take and perspective is definitely going to trigger some artists on this app. But my name's Amber Ryan, and I'm going to break down transparently how I've been building a sustainable career as an independent artist for the past seven years. And what a better time than to do that while I'm packing and shipping some custom prints and merch to send out to some fans who have been supporting me directly on Patreon and other platforms. We sending out the merch. Here's the truth. The infrastructure that we were relying on in terms of the music industry and record labels is currently crumbling. There's no monetary gain in music streaming. So there's no point in sitting here and complaining about you know, not making the top tier cent on a platform like Spotify or Apple, you need to put yourself in the mindset of using those platforms as platforms of discovery and then hopefully converting those fans to other platforms like Instagram, TikTok, and nurturing them with content and connection, and then hopefully being able to later turn around and create some form of monetization. Utilizing a lot of independent platforms, whether it's like Bandcamp, Patreon, Twitch, any sort of way where your fans or your community can fund your career directly. A lot of people always tell me, like, Amber, it's not that easy. No one's going to spend money on my music. And this is where the work comes in. Of course, you're not going to post music online and then have people that are just willing to buy it. I've been doing this for seven years. Seven years of awning to every comment, creating Discord groups, cultivating community Seven years of shipping out just free artwork to fans that are investing their time in me, because I'm also investing my time back into nurturing those relationships with fans. And after so many years and so much of that effort culminated, that's where your fans start to invest in you. That is the premise of that. And where this topic is going to start to get a little bit sensitive is the fact that if you want to build a sustainable career as an independent artist, you not only have to be an artist, but you have to be an entrepreneur. Thing is, a lot of sustainable music artists nowadays, whether it be LaRussell or Russ, these aren't artists that are also just releasing music. If you guys have noticed, the, the biggest names that have that independence and have that complete control are also invested in entrepreneurship and are also functioning off of the basis of like a multimedia company. It's not just all about the music that they're distributing it's distributing content, creating brand deals. They're building different structures within their business models like LaRussell, Russell. Selling music for anything that you could afford or selling his merch for anything you could afford, um, going out and having different mission statements where now he's opened up a restaurant where people could, you know, pay what they want to pay. All these different structures in place and all these different things that they're building that's even outside of just the music itself, like the shows, record labels, media companies, you know, some people are into clothing brands. Some people are creating their own food trucks like I just started my own independent record label slash, you know, I don't even know, music community slash music collective, underrated artist season. I'm throwing independent shows in L.A. I'm releasing music uh, with artists that I discover on the Internet. I'm creating a different form of revenue for myself that isn't so directly involved with just the music I'm distributing online. My brand is very multifaceted and I'm doing so many things outside of just the music. To be an independent artist, you cannot have a codependent mindset. People also start to wonder, you know, as an artist that maybe is under like a major label arm that's only distributing music and only able to monetize for the record labels with their streaming revenues, which is barely anything, as to how, you know, artists don't have any type of control. Just from my personal perspective, as an independent artist, I'm creating all these different independent revenue streams and I'm selling products and selling experiences But when you put yourself in the position to only be able to monetize off of streaming and not actual fans, you become the product. Like you don't have any control. And if you're only creating some type of revenue stream to then have to pay a label, you're not going to be able to create any type of sustainability. And streaming, I'm sorry, doesn't create real fans that are connecting with the music or investing in your brand either. Another thing that a lot of Of people don't talk about. The biggest way to be sustainable and be able to live off your craft is sync licensing. That's my biggest uh, revenue stream. And I've, you know, been blessed to not have to work a job because I've had so many songs land on TV and like movies and stuff like that. That's another really, really big one and a huge opportunity for the independent market that not a lot of people are talking about transparently. And then the last thing that I want to talk about is there are a ton of independent funding options. There are distribution arms that are willing to offer artists in advance for licensing, you know, part of their catalog or whatever else it is. There's grants, um, there's independent investors. There's so many different ways to get investments as an artist, as long as you're able to create some sort of buzz around yourself and at least build a little bit of leverage for yourself so you still end up in a good position when it comes to investments. For those of you that genuinely see it, see the vision and feel the shift in the current music industry you should feel empowered by this opportunity hope this feels motivating for you i hope you could do a little bit more research in terms of the current landscape of the industry and i hope a lot of you guys again start to feel more empowered by building your sustainable career as an independent artist that's it
2: there you go wow well set up i kind of do some parallels to that um and the 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 thing I kind of took away from that is yeah she's absolutely right it's um it's almost like the when we moved over from analog to to digital DJ gear you know you you have to embrace the change there's no point in, I guess kind of sitting there going well, the music industry doesn't work like it used to because yeah it it doesn't and and it's not going to you know what I mean you have to adapt to it don't you she's 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 absolutely right in that respect got more power now as an artist you just got got more opportunity
0: you know, to go something yourself right that's saying around if nobody's going to open the door go and kick the door in um you know even from a label point of view i would absolutely encourage artists to be out there trying to make something on their own like, but they don't need a label but if ia in some way help you get to that point so IA, you need IA, you need IA. <laughs> that's not what i'm saying what i'm saying is if 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 for our people and our crew if we help them take a step towards being in the position where they've got enough a buzz around them, that if they, if they do that thing on their own, then for me, that's a victory. Like if we help that, if we help the producer achieve that, then that's a victory. Um, and it, you know, it's a, a no brainer from my approach. These absolutely speak facts. If we take the same approach with the business, just selling music isn't going to make it We have to offer stuff that's interesting. We have to make a, a buzz around us. We have to make a kind of movement around it need that she's got some good ideas and the things in there that we can probably yeah. do and so we do a bunch of stuff that we think is good we enjoy and it's not just about the music it's
2: about the whole sort of ecosystem around the music right the sea yes that's it man and i mean you look at um i mean you even look at tiktok for for, for example i think um just the the way that we we connect with people on here and 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 we genuinely appreciate you know the the support and the connections that we can make with with people on here um and you know i personally have actually you know met some 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 friends from from um from tiktok as well as you know managed to expose my music to to new audiences um and having having tools like that that you maybe didn't have five ten years ago um you know, and you're kind of trying to trying to make yourself stand out as an artist, as a, as a, as a label. Um,
1: yeah, absolutely. Use them. Utilise them. Um, something I wanted to mention on that was you're talking about the power of the individual person and um, in social media. And I had that post go absolutely bonkers on my account. So 640,000 views on something I put together in about, 20 seconds uh with some footage and like a jungle track in the background um but it it struck a chord you know clearly it's a it's a snowboarding video from game nintendo 64 game but the point on that is not you know it's not directly related to oh here's some mix i've just done or here's something i'm promoing you know it's just it's a tool to get people looking at my stuff and i I, you know, tracked the analytics on a lot of my things and I could see an uplift in people going to my link tree, going to my SoundCloud, going to all the connected things. And so if you look back, you know, 5, 10, 15 years, was there ever a tool available to just a person with a phone to present something to hundreds of thousands of people, get their attention for that little moment? Um, you know, that's where the ad... You know, a TV and things. So radio it was so powerful, but now we have this power on our phones. It's pretty incredible. It's sort of harness it and to use it, you know, in a organic way. You don't know what's gonna, what's gonna hit, what's gonna not. So you just keep going, um, and you hope that you know an audience builds around that. And it's all it's it's a numbers game really.
0: But the first time that I think I was ever in a position where I could say, "Oh shit, hang on!" I can make people that I don't know be able to hear what I'm doing. When MySpace was doing its thing, you could set your MySpace profile so that when a track would automatically play when you landed on it, So that was like the first time you could ever be like, "Ah, oh, anybody for any reason looks at my thing about music," which you couldn't do that before. There's like you, you know, you give somebody a CD, but did they ever put it anywhere? I, you know what I mean? Like the the, the the thing on MySpace was it would autoplay as soon. As... So we had that kind of thing right now. QR codes. That too, but see, we've got SoundCloud now, and a similar thing. But back at that, artists don't manage yeah. managers anymore. Caroline says, which is very true.
2: Yes. To be honest, I, I just I notice that as well. I, I think it's a, it's a bit of an open one. That it it depends what type of artist you are, I guess, um, and obviously what level you're at. But um, I can still see some some value in managers because you know um you take i guess um if you take any artist you, you, your primary kind of driving forces is, is creating your art isn't it you know what i mean you don't necessarily always want to get bogged down in the business and the back end and the business decisions um so i think i can see if you're in a position and you're fortunate enough to be able to go yeah do you know what i'll sacrifice x percentage of my my income my revenue to not have to deal with that then yeah yeah i can still see where where managers come in a good manager should like a good tax
0: account a good manager should recover their own feet so that you know the manager's primary job now is about maximizing the deal you get from a contract so this is it they've got to add value i think haven't they to you to, to your proposition yeah if if someone came up to you and they were like i want 30 percent of your stuff what For so you don't have to have the headache of commercial contracts, versus if someone came up to you and said, I'm going to take 30% of your stuff, but you're still going to get paid exactly the same, and you don't have to hand- handle any commercial products, you'd be like, uh, Okay, yeah, that makes sense.
1: Yeah, I think cool. that's what I was going at. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah <exactly laughs> you've
1: right. just put it a lot better than I have. Yeah, yeah. An interesting point on managers that I heard, um, in an interview with Tali on, she was talking a little bit about the scene, you know, in sort of um, early DNBC, at least in New Zealand, was you know very much friend groups, you know. But um, with those kind of scenes comes a lot of just interpersonal stuff, like, you know, maybe a little bit of scene drama here or there. Uh, But she said as things have progressed and managers become more evolved, it's just a lot more business. You know, it's managers talking to managers, and it's actually removed quite a lot of that drama around the scene and, and interpersonal sort of clashing. So there's a little bit of benefit there, you know, like just leave the business... You know, leave the negotiations, the hard stuff um, in that kind of realm, um, you know, and and maybe, you know, not everyone is is fantastic at that either, you know, because it takes a bit of a, takes a bit of a personality to, you know, to be a good negotiator um, and it can be hard on your own stuff to do that.
0: I think it's valuable to have a squad around you that have got all the skills um, that you necessarily, don't have or do enjoy spending time on so that you build up a very good offering um, whether that's an agent a manager a photographer, a producer you know whatever it's without the best for
2: that's possible I think it's definitely a good thing I think it's even down to like the slog of um, bookings I think there's massive value still in, in booking agents you know um, just not having to because they do not only kind of secure the bookings, they do a lot of the the from. I mean, we've had how many messages have we had? So you know, from <laughs> from agents. Even even when you reply
0: and say, yeah, we're not in a process, we cannot afford to book anyone right now. They're like, all right. And then two weeks later, it's
2: like we got these guys. Go. How about now? <laughs> have you got five grand now? <laughs> yeah, we still haven't had a multi platinum record. Break. Yeah, yeah. No. But I think taking that out of the equation, so you you know that there's somebody out there handling that that front for you and then they're just going oh yeah here's a gig oh nice one you know what i mean taking now the equation is 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 i can see the value in that definitely yeah for sure someone wants to come to me right now and say oh i'll
0: be your agent i'll get you 20 book 20 gigs like, yeah why not yeah. well i have to go out i'll go find
2: them pick up expoing in the chat Expoing inside i'll tell you what just to speak on expoing i've been keeping an eye on the shows that you're running on fry man um You've had some some wicked guests on there, one. Was it Lux recently, I think, was on um was on or is gonna be on Fry soon. Last week it was on. And Dunk as well. What a heavy lineup that is. You had the had the ladies sticking over as so well as Foria, um Arcturius. Wicked man. Doing some wicked work over there in uh, over there in Germany. So Last episode,
0: I absolutely butchered this and basically asked people to sign up to the Patreon so they'd get stuff. Uh, So, but you know, the thought process there was, it was just about being transparent and genuine, right? But we, so since then, I think it's worth saying that this, this episode of the IA podcast is absolutely brought to you by the Patreon supporters. Um, So we have put some time and effort into trying to make our offering back in return as worthwhile as possible. Uh, and just to be super genuine and transparent about Patreon, the reason we like Patreon is because it gives us, A, it gives us like a consistent amount of uh, of income that we can see what it's going to be, so we know what tools we can buy to produce this show, or we can plan for the future for what are things we might do. Like, for example, we've got the, the pre-download series that we'll be launching in January 2024, and our goal is to be able to fund uh, some, some promo tools for that, That will make that as successful as possible for both us and the artists. So having that kind of known income each month gives us the ability to do that because as I'm sure you have been aware, music sales and streams can be great or awful or somewhere in the middle, but you've had a plan of that because you don't know. So um big shout outs to all of our Patreon crew. So Katie, Mood, Brushlicker and Arthritic, big love to you guys for support. And uh big thanks to
2: Tom as well for helping me sort out the tears. Let's just we talk through what is available right now. So basically we've had a little bit of a rethink of the um of the tiers. So there's a three pound a month £10 a day, five pound a month tier, uh and uh ten pound a month tier. Um so really, you know, depending on what your budget is, there's there's something there for you. Um and obviously the uh, the, the benefits go up uh depending on the tier but from the three pound tier um you've got exclusive content live streams uh, and there's already a nice collection um, of playbacks from, uh, from our lives stacking up in there that you can check out. I think Katie's already mentioned um, early access to ticket sales for, uh, for interstellar audio events. Um, so um, we're kind of quieting down on the, as is, you head towards the end of the year on the events front. Um, we've got a few in the diary that we'll talk about a little bit later on, but um, as we, as we move into 2024, we've got, um, we've got big plans for, for, for more events. Um, and the uh, the ground crew guys and all the other tiers will have early access to ticket sales, uh, access to the uh, Interstellar Audio Discord as well, which is um, which is starting to flesh out a bit, which is starting to look uh, starting to look good. We've got um, we've got all sorts of interstellar crew and family and producers in there. So if you want to get a bit closer to us and um, you know find out what makes us tick, come and have a chat with us in there. Um, patron shout out, um, obviously on the podcast, um, and then moving up to the flight crew. Obviously, you get everything in the previous tier as well. Um, we will offer feedback on uh, on on your music um for the producers out there. Um, we'll we'll go through, uh, give you some feedback on you uh, on your demos. Get early access to these podcasts uh, and other content from us as well. Um You'll also get a release uh, ahead of the public, so you'll get access to. Uh, to our promo so for the for the next release um, coming from us um and that's the that's the five pound tier then the big boy the mission controller 10 pound tier obviously everything in the previous two tiers um, you will get access to the entire interstellar audio back catalog which is a steal because um, we're just about coming up to the end of our first year so you get all sorts of amazing releases in there. Um, priority demo review as well. So again, for you producers out there, um, that want to, uh, want to submit your demos to us. um, Anybody on the mission control team that submits, will get priority. Um, And yeah, that's it. I don't know if you wanted to go in that much detail, but (laughs) there we go. The key
0: point is, you know, hopefully we're able to give something back of value to the people that do support us. Uh, And if there are other ideas that people have that they want back, then let them let us know because, Uh, We definitely want it to be a two-way street, right? So we enjoy doing this podcast. We enjoy doing other things that we do. And Patreon we made that possible. So we'll give back what we can. Uh, And then also on on more money grabbing and trying to fund future projects, we've set up an Audible affiliate link, which uh, will be linked in the IA link tree and also in the show notes for this. But the the basic premise here is if you haven't used Audible before and you go and sign up for a free trial for Audible using the link that's specifically ours, then I think we get a fiver, which is pretty great and easy money. So that would be helpful for a couple of projects we're trying to launch. Uh, So yeah, if that's something you'd be willing to do for us, then big ups, thank you, and just cancel it. Or if you do actually like Audible, then we get
2: even more money if you stick with it and it works out for you. So nice, one. We might do some book recommendations in the future. I was going to say, if enough people sign up, we'll do Interstellar Audio Book Club, book Club a <laughs> separate <laughs> podcast. Yeah, I'd be down for that. You know, there's plenty of Isaac Asimov that we could read.
0: Yeah, totally, man, totally. I'll even get a special expert host for that if we do that as well. So, big up to big up to my pops for that one. So yeah, that's the that's the ad read portion. Um, but yeah only do those things if you can afford them if you can't and you just value what we do then the people that do do that make this possible for you so big up to them as well and if you just enjoy hearing us whine about being middle-aged
2: djs musicians then thanks for tuning in just um just one last thing that i forgot to mention in the very detailed um (laughs) <laughs> um there is also on the uh, on the uh, ground crew and the flight crews here you can also get a seven day trial on those if you wanna just check it out before you um before you get stuck in or make commitments. Uh, feel free to uh, sign up for a trial as well. Okay. And if anyone from In Music happens to listen to this, just sponsor us <laughs> my <partner. laughs> yeah.
0: And we like, you can give us professional ad reads and uh we won't books shit like this. So yeah, it's nice. All right, we've got a couple more topics we can talk about, right? Um, and then we definitely want to do some questions with the crew at the end. Uh, because that was fun last time. So just want to bring up a point that I read about yesterday, uh, which is, and it, it leads on kind of nicely from us talking about revenue streams or revenue platforms that are good for us as creators or labels or artists or whatever. So Bandcamp, we always shout about Bandcamp. We love Bancab for various reasons. One of which is that they are extremely fair with the commissions they take. Another one is that they are extremely efficient at how quickly they pay. They pay within like 24 hours, whereas other places it's like 90 days. So, um, and also they do Bancab Fridays on the first Friday of most months. They waive all their fees completely. Uh, the artists or labels or whoever it is, but you receive all the money, uh, from that sale within 48 hours number so bandcamp is a great place to buy music uh and i'm not going to say however because i don't know yet how, if it's however but bandcamp was sold over the weekend to a song trader so there's no news right now on whether or not those practices will continue but uh what we have seen is that they laid off 50 of the workforce within 24 hours of buying bandcamp so It's a worrying time for the people that, that work at Bandcamp. Um, if anybody is, is one of those people or knows all those people, then you know thoughts are definitely with you because that is not a, a pleasant position to be in. Um, yeah, it's a difficult situation, but the sort of backstory behind Bandcamp, right? Bandcamp was you know, privately created, a bit of a bit of a good idea from someone that had a good idea. And anyway, about a year ago, just over a year ago, they sold it for 300 million pounds at big games and the creators of Fortnite and a few other tools um but what epic did was they they did commit to continue the bandcamp ethos, and they have lived up to it so for the last 12 months while they've owned it that it still worked exactly as bandcamp should do so the question at the time was why did epic buy bandcamp and uh, as far as my understanding goes this was all to do with a war against the apple app store and the google play app store because those two uh, stores they charged 30 percent of the sale fee so if somebody buys something from Epic through Google Play, let's say, for a tenner, then three pounds of that goes to Google Play and seven goes to Epic, then they have to fund their business. And they took Apple and Google to court over this and said that it was unsustainable because the Epic game Store is, I think, 12% commission. So they were trying to argue that Epic, uh, that Google Play and Apple were basically extorting, uh, they should be forced by the courts to change their commission rates. Down from thirty to something closer to like fifteen or ten percent. Why does that mean they bought Bandcamp? Well, because when Epic took uh, these big behemoths to court, the courts found that Epic wasn't profitable. So their whole argument was basically thrown out, and said, "Well, your your model that you're putting forward isn't profitable. Therefore, why would we say that anybody else has to do it?" So, getting to the point, Epic went and bought Bandcamp. Because they charge on average 12% commission and are, are profitable. So 300 million that they invested into Bandcamp by Bandcamp was basically to say, okay, now we do have a profitable business model at this rate. So Google and Apple sort it out and they lost the case again. So now they've offloaded the asset because believe it or
2: not, Epic Games are struggling financially. They've got no money. <laughs> the business world's brilliant, isn't it? I <laughs> love it. I, I guess this this from hearing the backstory of it, which I didn't know, I guess there's some sense in it in it going to a um a music focused company, isn't there? Because Epic Games is probably music probably isn't their focus. Um I, I do it just concern me a little bit that with it going to a music focused company, is it gonna start following the same kind of practices that other music focused platforms do but you can't comment on that i guess can you it all it all remains to be seen well i don't know
0: personally because i i've never heard of song trader maybe you guys have maybe. i have no idea what their ethos is what their mission is what their motivation for buying Bandcamp would be so i'm in a position of sort of suck it and see it until then right now i'll still shout about Bandcamp because it's still the best place for an artist and the label's point of view but May change the, the press release was horrible though they were like we're pleased to announce that 50% of Bandcamp staff have accepted contracts at SongTrader and then you read between the lines where are the other 50% that's a
2: there's
1: a there's a glasses half full versus half empty situation and I guess
2: it's a suck it and see see how that transpires but it'd be a massive shame for I've always seen Bandcamp as the more um the more friendly platform to its uh so yeah, it'd be a massive shame for that to um for that to be a road in it. We'll
1: see. Song Trailer Don't let us down. Yeah, whoever you are. I uh I went to see a movie uh over the weekend uh, with my wife. It's called um Uproar. It's um it's about a teenager and sort of set in the eighties in, in Dunedin, New Zealand, and it's about his journey discovering he's a creative person. All right. So it's around acting, but you know, it can be applied to music or any creative endeavor um and that theme is so strong you know about not letting people tell you who you are you know and it's it crosses you know into other other boundaries around like neurodiversity and all that um you know humans are different every human is different if we're if we're being creative and we're bringing creative things to the world you know it it needs to be your voice and people need to respect that and um encourage that Um, and we don't we don't need a world full of everyone that sounds and looks the same we want we want diversity we want um, you know we want different things Um, so it was a fantastic movie and I thought you know thought on it a lot um, you know struck a lot of chords with me personally
0: yeah I can relate to that as well like I spent my sort of teens and early 20s convinced I wasn't a creative person Um, and then and it went Fully, fully into more like analytical work and I, uh, now that I'm 30, the only thing is that I enjoy are uh, like creative side really wish that I'd had that mindset of sort of thinking well even if I'm not great at it if I still enjoy it I should make sure I'm doing it um, so you know I'd, I'd look at any team, team, yeah. team age person right now and be like what is your creative about that like, regardless of what you're doing and what your main path is I would sort of think mm-hmm. that every you bit some kind of creative outlet. Thinking, I'm full. We are being We need something.
2: Whatever. Keep the chi. Keep the keep the woohoo in the right place. Can we have a frontiers update? So,
0: yeah, we are looking at exactly a month to release as we'll record this, and uh the mastering process is all done. That was a load of work that. Resulted in a really positive outcome, so it's worth me shouting out Raph uh, there, for over at Eleven One One Mastering, Been a game changer for us. Uh, you know, Raph Raf is basically done as a deal where we can send him as many tunes to master as we want, and we pay a flat fee per month, which is uh, less than we would have paid to master a single release.
2: Uh, that that is unheard of as well, pretty much. That is the first deal of its kind I've ever seen. So.
0: You know, the, the quality is, is good enough as well, right? We were, we were fairly reserved about what, what the quality was going to be like, and we thought because of the arrangement would be such a game-changer for us, it's worth taking a punt to try and understand. So, um, you know, we'd been through so many iterations of trying to understand how we could master because mastering was a cost that we couldn't avoid, you know, going back to
2: what we were talking about earlier around. I mean, you, the, you, you take that release for, as an example to just put it in, in perspective. That release, uh, I wouldn't say how much it did cost us, but if we'd have gone through some of the other mastering engineers, we used some of the most traditional routes, we'd have been talking three hundred quid on that release just for mastering.
0: We don't have that. <laughs> we don't have that at all. That you know, that's 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 more money than we've had income in the entire year. So, um, so yeah, I can't remember where I was going with this, but you know, we've been through so many iterations of trying to find what the right mastering structure for us was because. We, it's a cost that we can't avoid. We have to have machines mastered. And, you know, we've been through a few mastering engineers and credit to all of them. They all did a fantastic job, but for one reason or another, it was quite the right thing for us and so we moved into a different thing. We flip-flopped about for a bit. Uh, in the end, you know, Tom stepped up to the plate and said, let's do this Let's do this in-house. Right? I mean, that's been our ethos, right? If we can do it in-house, we will do it now. So We'll put the effort in so that we don't take the money out. Um, and Tommy did a great job man absolutely but the volume of this project's like 29 tracks and we had like six weeks to turn it around that wouldn't have been fair for, for me to put on you uh, for nothing so fortunately Raph has worked out great and then obviously we talked about Moon absolutely smashed that artwork situation um, and then my focus for this release was to up our press game quite a bit so I've tried to the way I've approached every release is to sort of say okay one element of the job I will focus on doing it better this time I the last time and then hopefully our whole product will get better. So I put oh, quite a bit of time and effort into press for this. Um, and hopefully the product that I've put out has been good. So we've had a good response. I think we've got like nine of the tracks lined at premieres at the moment. We have had, uh, the DJ mixes turned in by some, some massive names to our part of the scene, right? Dan Monte's just turned over a mix of the entire album for us to use however Um, like dreams has recorded a, a mix out in the autumn woods in the Ukraine for us to put up on YouTube. Jason Inky's rolling through with a mix. Uh, Push Sessions has included nine of the tracks from this album in his latest uh, YouTube mix, and his YouTube mixes get you know five figure views, right? So the, these exposures for us are on another level. So that's all really positive, and the artists have been amazing to work with, and people have rolled through onto our Discord from it as well. That you know the producers involved have rolled through on good, which is building a community so this project has already pushed the kind of goals of IA forward um and while the primary goal of this project is about music for peace the sort of secondary goals of this we're around trying to help us build a build that community move that community on and uh, those goals have been achieved already with what we've got to release so that's great um yeah i think we're going to put the album out at nine pound for 29 tracks on bandcamp it will be more expensive in other places because we don't get to dictate the prices in other places um, and less of the money will go to the cause in other places as well. So if anyone's listening to this that's considering buying it, I would highly recommend buy it from Bandcamp as long as they don't change their processes in the next 30 days. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so there'll be a correction in the notes if that happens. Um yeah, and that well, you know, streaming services as well. If you have playlists, uh, you know, this tracks in your playlists because all those kind of things help the discoverability of these these tunes. So, you know, the producers that have come on and and jumped on board with this, it'd be great if we could give them something back, which is if they get good discoverability out of this project, and that's great for them as well. So, because you know, they're all they're all waving all of their fees and all of their, their royalties for this one to support the cause. So, big up to them, of course.
1: What was the uh, what's the date that's up?
0: 17th that is uh and 17th november and uh super secret squirrel just for the podcast listeners because they are all legends it will be available on backup earlier than that if don't tell anybody else
1: now i have something to show you um before you move on is um i have ai generated uh ia birthday image is do we want to see it Yes, we fucking do. <laughs> all right. Hold on. Is this I? <laughs> hey. Yeah. So there's one element of what it's generated, which is so on brand, which hopefully we're on the same page on. But um, all right. Fire it up. If I don't get whatever this is on a Christmas card
2: in the purse from you, sir.
0: <laughs> oh, no pressure.
2: I still haven't sent you your signing on
0: bonus, which was a t shirt. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Do so you know what, Ben? That bottom right. Is that the new logo? Kinda of could be, couldn't
2: <laughs> Almost. Isn't it? Almost. Yeah, these are amazing. That top right one. What it's actually nailed the text pretty well on that as well, isn't it? Into into into
1: Interstellar. Interstellar. <laughs> <laughs> when you <laughs> when you zip in a <laughs> like yeah, how, What was the prompt for this bat? So I, I actually I tried a few to get there. Um the first few ones just seemed weird. Um but this is the prompt I landed on: "Happy Birthday, Interstellar Audio Drum and Bass Music Label." And you think now, you think the Drum and Bass Music Label? What does that contribute to the prompt? Um, and surprisingly, that's what turned it from just a random space image to those circular. Um, I wonder. Like honestly, I wonder if it's actually sort of. Connected the dots and found some of the the artwork online and things like that to produce those images because it just kind of seems too, too correct, you know? Yeah, it's
2: even circular, a fourth one. There's the, the circle in there and everything went mm. almost like that's crazy. Artwork. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Have we got any questions, guys? Um, any questions from the chat? We really enjoyed, um, Answering the questions last time. So if you've got um, if you've got anything you want to ask us, you know, what's our favourite breed of dog, or you know, <laughs> where do we buy our bagels from? Anything? Not McDonald's. They don't them on the breakfast menu anymore. Oh man! Do you know what? As a, as a vegetarian, uh, I have a massive pee for the McDonald's breakfast menu because I can pretty much get like jam on egg muffin. Yeah, I'm not. I said any eggs either. Like, not for just I don't like them, So I'm like, <laughs> yeah, I just don't know. Oh, food's gone in hard with the paper. Gregg's. As answer,
0: this might be, this might exclude me. You know what Greg's is? No, nah, go on. Greg's is like, sort of high street budget eatery,
2: They out eatery. So you get a good coffee. Stuff, but like, yeah, it's all pastries and, and yeah. things like that. Yeah, they do good sandwiches. Yeah, they do, actually. They, they did this one, um, the Mexican bandit baguette. That was wicked. They did it as, like, a limited edition and then brought it on full-time. God, I'm so boring.
0: No, I'm quite keen to the tandoori chicken one. What would the New Zealand equivalent of that be,
2: if there is one?
1: Mm, i have to Google it. Yeah. <laughs> I'll, I'll Google it. I've got a computer in front of me. Like, I've got the power.
2: <laughs> so Sorry, to get back onto the actual question, favourite Greggs? Um... Like, to be fair, I, I'm probably the worst person to ask because I'm vegetarian. So, like, I don't Vegan sausage rolls are good. Yeah, yeah. But do you know what? Sausages in general are something that they always, they've always managed to replicate quite well. <laughs> um, like, just sausages in general. Like, so genuinely, sometimes I'll be in a vegetarian sausage. I'm like, I'd shut the packet. Um, yeah, the vegan steak bakes are pretty decent as well, actually. I, I, the thing is, I've been vegetarian for like five years now. So, I don't know if my taste buds are just messed up <laughs> but yeah yeah vegan steak bake man all day all day long oh do you know what actually yeah I'll change because they've got vegetarian version of that as well though, with vegetarian sausages so yeah absolutely man you you can't go wrong with anything that's in that sausages beans cheese and then put in pastry Yep. great question mean high quality
1: content from IA as always those look, like it's the only question in the chat. Bigger moon, bigger moon. I'll I'll ask a question of myself. <laughs> go on, <Hey>. go on. <laughs> why, Zanti? Do you have CDJ 3000s behind you? <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> Is it, <it's>, yeah, <laughs> why, Zanti? They're so fantastic. Okay, hey? it's just, um, I think we may have touched on this point last time we chatted about DJ equipment. Um, but It's just its amazing how slowly these things go. Like the CDJ 2000s, like the Nexus, Nexus 2s, are still the standard club gear, and they're what, like 10 years old? Um, I've got these CDJs just for a while, uh, borrowed them off someone who's gone away for a bit just to look after them. Um, but it's been good to just get a bit of familiarization with mixing on CDJs. Um, but that price difference between even high end. Uh, DJ controllers like the DDJ-1000 up to you know the uh, 2000s or CDJ-3000s just it's incredible way like how steep yeah you're talking in trust it's really like a CDJ setup versus an XDJ setup it's
2: triple that I think is is from from kind of the limited stuff I hear is is why a lot of people still have the 2000s on the rider because you know kind of obviously you, you top end DJs that are added thousands per set but you kind of more mid-level djs don't have the capital to to really have a set of those at home and get used to them so whereas they might have a set of two thousands you know so yeah there's still a lot of djs you go to a lot of events you still see two thousands on the um on the on the riders still perfectly capable Barks has got a good question for you Zanty. what's the difference mixing
1: on them on them compared to a controller or is it just the cost The main difference is that screen separation. Um, You know, I I probably use this analogy overcooked this cooking analogy too much, Uh, going deep on that um, metaphor. So for me, mixing on CDJs feels a lot like cooking. Like you've got a pot over here with some carrots, you've got a pot over here with some peas. Um, And it it just feels like you're sort of more, more in the moment, you're sort of moving around a lot more. It encourages that. That um, sort of feeling, the music. I find that controllers to be, while very, very capable devices, it just narrows you down to, okay, I've got everything at my fingertips, and I'm looking at the laptop screen if I, you know, want a visual aid or, or whatever. Um, and so, to kind of spread it out, in my opinion, is is really nice, um, and it, it feels like you're a lot more in the in the in the moment with the mixing. Um, so, not is it worth spending thousands and thousands of dollars to to have that experience? Probably, probably not for your bedroom, right? But it is a slightly different experience.
0: Yeah. It's a really interesting
2: analogy. I never thought of it that way, but like hearing you say it, definitely yeah. understanding. It. Totally. Agree. I think to be fair, I think they kind of pioneered change of strategy anyway with with the the market CDJs now. Because I think back in the days when you know controllers were as Prevalent as they are now, it was all about buying a set. You know, the, I think they priced them accordingly for the the kind of premium um home user end of the market. Whereas, whereas now your 3000s, you three thousands, you they're really priced to clubs. You know, if you want something that's high end for for home use, you, you go for an XZ or something like that, do you? I guess
0: I agree, but then that that kind of confused me as to where they recently made beatport streaming available on three thousands because you don't really think many. People are going to do that in the club, so I was quite surprised that they added that.
2: I wouldn't. Yeah, I I wouldn't want that. That I wouldn't want to introduce that point of failure. either. no. But
0: then I guess it's kind of like a direct response to the other brands who have had that kind of capability on all their equipment, whereas Pioneer haven't had it in any. And Pioneer's approach is always to kind of start their premium brand for a feature and then roll it down to the to the lower capabilities, isn't it? With the exception of stems. Let's be fair. They added stems too. The uh, sort of DVJ range before anything else.
2: Yeah, yeah, through yeah through um, through record box, but um maybe that's because their yeah because their record
0: box stems were shy, so they
2: had yeah Serato
0: to try and figure out how it works. Yeah.
2: And yes, I'm a dead yeah. user, and it doesn't have stems, so I. Yeah, no, to be fair, I'm, I, I use Pioneer, but I use um, I use Serato, and the, the stems engine is is so much better, so much better um i think we're out of questions oh i don't think i've worked out these uh yet um i guess we'll just maybe do a little bit of roundup on stuff we've got coming um i have on the 29th of this month uh liquid chill of course the monthly staple liquid chill uh episode 22 22 episodes um so that means i've nearly been doing liquid chill for two years now uh which is cool um so uh have as i said earlier on we've got kind of movements on uh, on the guest mix um and his, his mix is so nice it's such a bang mix um i always feel a little bit like when um when i get such a good guest mix i'm like shit <laughs> i've really got to step up to the player here um and um I will mention as well because I was so, 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 so shite with it last month. Um, episode twenty-one, um, with S9 T who stepped up um and totally went outside of his comfort zone, did a liquid mix, absolutely smashed it. Um apologies to S9 T, um, because we were <laughs> so we were at Warehouse Project, um, uh, we went to the the big um yeah, uh, and b All-Star Worried about Henry takeover. Um So we're there You know uh, Stood there in the crowd um, So Let's get a message yourself uh, Liquid chills Playing on YouTube <laughs> I was like What? Why? Oh shit um, So I'd, I'd been kind of Scheduling it As I was going out the door To cast to Manchester um, and, and I'd put it on The wrong day So it kind of um, Fucks the the Premiere for that So I did score a bit Dirty on that one So apology S9T um, but yeah, make sure you go check out that episode because uh, Hestan T put in a wicked um, guest mix for that. And there's a load of tracks from uh, from Frontiers on there as well. Um, but yeah, this month's episode's out on the 29th. We go, we got. I will be at Percy Picklebackers
0: with Sounds on the 4th of November with Poke Food with Ruckus and Osmosis MC. We'll do a little bit of an IA Takeover. And then I'll be at Organic Sound on the 10th of November.
1: Uh, and that's about me. What about you, Zan? Um I really it's just the workroom one coming up on Friday. Um and then that's about it from me. Yeah. So if you're in New Zealand, if you're in Wellington, um come along to the power room on the twenty-seventh Friday.
0: There you go. Hope it goes well for you, man. And then the final thought, IA family Christmas social at Kino Music on the first of December at basement forty-five be there if you can, uh don't sweat it if you can't. I think there's like 30 tickets left, so if you're sort of on the fence about it, grab your ticket now. Um, but that should be cool. We will maybe figure out a way to do like a, a bit of a Christmas dinner or something beforehand if we can, but no promises because that might be. But yeah. In the meantime, I suppose we will be back next month, same time, same place, at early access to all this stuff. Head over to the Patreon.
2: Do you want me to go over the tears again?
0: subscribe to us on TikTok Twitch YouTube and Instagram if you're watching this on YouTube and you made it this far you're an absolute don but hit the like share whatever Um, thank you to Tom for the editing thank you to Zanti for the production it's much appreciated and uh, in the meantime may the bass guide you
2: and in the darkness bind you love it love it Bigger boys, bigger people watching. Big
3: guy.